Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 380. Wow, we're getting closer and closer to that big 400 number. Uh, We'll do that pretty quick. Uh, Five weeks from now, we'll still be in the season. Hey, uh, yeah, so what's going on? It was a big week of football. It was a long weekend for us out in BC. It was a long weekend for a lot of different provinces, but not all of them. I don't understand. Get with the program, guys. It uh, was BC Day is what they call it out here. And uh, we get Monday off, and Monday's a long weekend. And that's kind of why we're doing the show Monday night, not Sunday night, because Sunday's in the middle of the weekend. Who the hell wants to do a radio show in the middle of the weekend? we got things to do. Campfires, alcohol, all sorts of wonderful things. Okay, so what do we got here going on in the show? Well, we got Will coming back from Las Vegas, so it's going to be a little quieter when he's talking. We're not going to be listening to the all this silly-ass slot machines in the background but we lost mark he's traveled out to newfoundland and uh yeah he's out in newfoundland God, i don't understand why anybody would do that but you know hey he's gone out there uh must be family there's got to be a reason for it nobody just cruises out there on their own uh one of the interesting things that he said to us is that football doesn't exist in newfoundland it just doesn't nobody cares nobody cares cfl doesn't exist nfl doesn't exist Baseball and hockey and hockey and hockey in that order. No, I think it's actually the other way around. It's hockey, 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 and baseball. So, uh, yeah, they don't, uh, they don't play football out there in high school. They don't play football in the colleges. They don't play football. They don't watch it on TV. They, he wants to watch a CFL game. They look at him and go, are you fucking nuts? No. So, uh, yeah, they don't watch football back there. Hmm. Geez, I wonder why we're trying to put a team back in the Maritimes. Doesn't make sense to me. Never has. Uh, we discussed that last week and the week before and the week before and uh, the month before that and uh, last year and uh, the last five years. So we're not going to do that again tonight. I don't think – oh, did I even print out the agenda? Charles built an agenda. Well, sort of did. He tried. He was down in Seattle. So he's home. Will's home. Both came back from America on their long weekend. And uh, Mark's missing. And Phil, Phil's online here with us and uh, myself. And we've just kind of stuck around and hung around the uh, – Wow, we all picked one peg to lose. Uh, okay, so I'm going to open up some mics here. I don't really have any too much to rant. I've been working on the ranch all uh, the long weekend. We've been doing fencing and building paddocks and working on the arena and uh, cleaning things up and cleaning the workshop. And uh, we, we just got a double-wide trailer so I can be part of the trailer park boys. Uh, we picked this thing up, and we're going to move it in and put use it as a woodworking shop. Uh, it's going to be really fun. And, uh, yeah, so – just tear out the walls and you got this big double wide trailer that somebody used to live in. And now it's going to be a woodworking shop. It was free. So just had to move it. Not a big deal. So we're getting ready to do that. Uh, anyhow, so we're going to talk some football. Now you've opened up the mics. We got them all on board. Uh, welcome back to Canada. Uh, uh, Charles, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Sorry. My, uh, my uh, agenda is a little lackluster tonight, but I was kind of doing it on the fly as I was getting ready to leave this morning. So I, I appreciate uh, the fact you did it. Okay, I really do. Yep. Yeah. Well, I put together what I could. So yeah. 
But I'm good. Uh, the long travel day, not nearly as busy as I thought it was going to be traffic-wise. I thought it was going to be a lot busy. Tra- Maybe I came back early enough to kind of avoid the real uh, the what real border crossing rush, did but, you come uh, across there? At, at the uh, Sumas? Aldergrove. No, Aldergrove. Sumas was a much Sumas was a longer wait because when you're coming up the I-5 just before Bellingham, there's actually a sign that shows you the wait times at all the different borders. Ah, and Sumas yeah. was one of the Sumas was one of the longer. It was about 40 minutes, but the Aldergrove one said less than five minutes. So I went to that one, got to the border. I was the second car in line. Go figure. Wow. Yeah. So at the Sumas Huntington border crossing, uh, which is in Abbotsford and Sumas Washington, uh, that's a training facility for border crossing agents. So the people out there are are learning to be a border agent. So they're they're doing everything by the letter of the law, and there's no getting away with shit with them. So that's why it usually takes longer. That's why that border crossing's always had a lot of problems. Just thought I'd share that with you. Yep. Stay away from me. True. Go to Aldergrove. But Linden Aldergrove crossing's much better. Okay. Yes, it so is. So you had a good time down in Seattle. I did. Tacoma, we, I we believe you went time. down too, didn't you? Oh. Uh, yeah, we went to Tacoma. We, if anyone's see, ever seen the, the TV show Impractical Jokers, they're a comedy team out of New York. And, uh, yeah, they were doing a show in Tacoma, and my son likes that show, so we took him down there so he could see the show live. So, Well, cool. Yep. Wow. So it was a good awesome. show, good trip. And, yeah, we did a boat cruise yesterday on the Seattle Harbor. It was a good weekend. Awesome, awesome. Yep. Okay, so... Let's do – Will, you're back in Canada. You're down in Las Vegas for a week. Uh, I understand your gambling was Nine successful. Days. Nine days. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nine days. Nine days on purpose, okay. yes. I love Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas for yeah, nine days, and then I want to come home. And I want to come yeah. home, okay? And I, was ready, and I was ready to come home. Charles, if you want to adopt me, I would like to go to Vegas next year and see a Raiders game. Are you interested Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Why do I have to adopt I, you for that? Well, because you took your son to see something live, so I figured you'd adopt me and take me. Okay. I see. Mm. Yeah, that hmm. might not. I probably. Uh, I, well, talk to I the wife about that. Ten I don't times. Think it's gonna go. What? Hmm? I probably eat ten times what your kid eats, but that's okay. Anyways, he's getting close <laughs> to the teenage years, so you may be wrong. Who knows? Oh yeah, I remember those years. No. Anyways, so if, no, you, if you're so successful gambling there, there well, you can gamble while we're there, and you could pay my way. I'll go to the Raiders game with you. I'll watch that boring sport for you. I'd go too. Yeah, but you know, like I said, their stadium is just because I'm a construction guy. Their stadium just looks. And as a matter of fact, I watched online I know. this morning. The last beam going in, okay? Ooh. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, um, But, yeah, I am going next year anyways. I promised my youngest stepson I'd take him there for his 40th birthday. So, oh, cool, so cool, that's cool. what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Hopefully he'll bring some friends with him so I don't have to entertain him because I do my own thing when I'm there. So, yeah. Um, um, but no, I had a good time, you know, um, as always, I was worried shitless about coming across the border cause I always bring back more than I should. And I always lie. And <gasps> Not you. 
I don't believe that. Yeah, I, and and I've never gotten caught. I shouldn't put this on the radio, but never gotten no. caught. So now they have a new system where you don't even fill the cart out on the airplane. You do it all on kiosks as you get to the airport. And it was simpler than it's ever been. All I wrote down is I spent my max, and they just let me go right through. Needless to say, I was about three grand over my max, but that's okay. And I was very disappointed. More shoes? Did you buy any more shoes? I, I, you know what? I only bought one pair of shoes, and it was a pair of shoes that I already had, but they're getting worn out, so I had to replace them. And the the red color was getting dull, and that's the only pair of shoes I bought. Because nothing really? jumped out and said, buy me. Yeah. How, no but no I watches, did, no purses? I did buy I did buy a pair of sunglasses. And okay. I'm okay, okay with that. Okay, I, I didn't... Have I ever told you guys about my other collection? Which, well, you have the watches and, and yeah, the man bag. Yeah, and the shoes. Yeah. Have I ever told you I love T-shirts? Well, we all have a collection of T-shirts. I have about 90, so... And you probably have, you have 4,000. Have you ever bought 56 T-shirts in Vegas in one trip? No. No, no. you haven't. Okay, there no, you go. I bought nor would I. T-shirts. This time? Yes. There are support groups to so help much. people like you. I just want you to know they're that. Caught, if, 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 they're caught if you need that? so much nicer. Their cotton is so much nicer. I just love their T-shirts. All right? You should buy hemp T-shirts. So. They're much better, and they hold black dye better. Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? I don't own a but T-shirt yeah, so that's, that's not black. Well, I am I am kind of morbid like you, too. I like black. Um, mm-hmm. I, I stopped wearing white T-shirts because they show my man boobs too much. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that. <laughs> You know all about that, do you? I yes, bet you do. Yes. Anyway, Black but no, I had a good time. I had a good time. I'll see him next year, probably. I'll go again next year, for sure. Yes. And do the I same thing a, over again. I got an Easy Riders t-shirt on right now. Uh, the Motorcycle Magazine from Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes. So yes. I got that t-shirt on tonight. Just thought I'd be, just step out on the wild side. Totally out on the uh-huh. wild side. Speaking of wild and... Uh, Whoa, out of there. Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Hey, Christopher, I'm doing good. Uh, I certainly didn't have as an exciting week as the rest of you. Will back from Vegas, where he had some success gambling and watched live construction porn. Nothing like that going on in here. Well, if it does it for you, yeah. I personally like to prefer women in my porn. Yeah, me too, yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 just does something for me that way, you know. Okay, we're gonna miss Mark. Mark's away in Newfoundland exploring interests in the Atlantic schooners and touchdown Atlantic. We never miss Mark. We never miss. I'm gonna miss Mark tonight, Will. Will, I'm gonna miss Mark okay. tonight because we we would we would get to bug Mark tonight, okay? And yeah. we can't oh, yeah, now. So hopefully with, with he the... does listen to this on repeat because he he will be interested. I mean they are. What five and a half hours different? Four and a half hours different? Yep. Four and a half hours different right now. Yeah, it's like so midnight there. It's, yeah, it's after midnight. You know what? And, it's almost and quarter to one. The guy, Mark is not the guy to pick on. You know who we should pick on tonight, right? 
We should Todd take Mogi? on Todd Mogi, who flew all the way to Mogi. Toronto. Who flew all the way to Toronto to see his team get their ass kicked. <laughs> Handed to by him by the Argos. Jesus. I know. I know. That's got to suck. That's got to uh-huh. hurt, man. That really has got to hurt. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. I agree with you, Phil. Oh, yes. I mean, I flew to Calgary hey, to watch the Lions lose to the Stamps. But we all expected the Lions to lose the, the Stamps. But it was an interesting game, okay? And BC almost pulled it off last year. It was actually one year ago this week, last weekend. You, you know that, Will? It yes. was one year ago was Saturday it? that I was at your, uh, at your house. Do you know how okay. I know that? I, how do you know that? Because it was a music festival here, and that's when those idiots <laughs> broke into our yard, stole my truck and my gun, and then we got those phone calls, right? So it was one year ago. Oh, okay. I remember the phone calls. I remember the first time I've ever seen Christopher serious. Um, it was quite interesting. Yeah, well, somebody stole one of my guns. I, I get that. I, I understand the seriousness behind something like that. Um, I mean, it was and, a little gun, gonna, but it's not the point. I am going to give a big shout-out to Steve Sparksman. I gave him two of my football tickets for the game, and he did go. And he left me a little, a little gift in my mailbox because he, because I did give him the tickets, and I want to thank him completely for that. I thought I'd do it in your mailbox at your house, he, or in your yes, sir. Uh, your, yes, he knows. Yes, he knows where I live. Um, oh my good lord! Um, um, yeah, well, whatever. Um, um, and he did text me numerous times and told me how much he enjoyed the game. So. I will hear from everybody sitting around me at the next game if they enjoyed him or not. <laughs> this is true. No. Well, I mean, they they did play Edmonton, so. Yes, they did. <clears throat> so, and I know you'd like to see lots of things, Christopher, but we have to do that off air. Anyways, um, stop laughing, Christopher. Please. <laughs> My keyboard's not working. I want to type something and I can't. Uh huh. I already uh-huh. have. Yeah, no, I want to answer uh-huh. to that. My keyboard's not working. I wonder if the battery's dead. Uh huh. Oh, oh, the battery Maybe. came out. There's a there's a plane landing near somebody. That's Will. He lives by the okay. airport and he's outside. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk some football. You ready to talk some football, guys? Uh, yep. The first game up yes. was the Winnipeg, <laughs> Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Toronto Argonauts. Welcome back to Winnipeg, Todd Mogi. Okay, so uh, just to start this one off, I want you to know that every single one of us picked this game incorrectly, okay? Every one of us. No exception. Can you blame us? <sighs> yeah. Well, no, no, not at all. No, Nobody in their right mind would have picked Toronto yeah, to win this game. Yeah, but we usually get one person who goes against the, the norm. I, I, I thought about I it. Not. I thought about it. I did. Remember, I said, "Yeah, I should go against this thing. I should go pick Toronto just because," and I uh, and I just I couldn't do it. 
I couldn't do it. There's no way in hell that Toronto was going to beat Winnipeg. And they did! And it was wonderful! And it was so exciting! And it was such a great game! Did you see the law department and the law office of McLeod Bethel Thompson? Did you see him play football? He was on fire! Was that what he needed? Was the Toronto Argonauts to trade for Zach Caleros? Is that all that had to happen for this guy to come unglued? Ah, what a great game. I mean, whoa. Charles, talk to us. Did you watch the Argo game? Wow. I did watch the Argo game, and I was It was Thursday night. Especially early on when I saw that was when we're watching and it's twenty to nothing for Winnipeg, and I'm like, oh, here we go again, another blowout. And then uh, a couple quick scores by the Argos before the half, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll stick around and just see if uh, they keep it up in the uh, in the third quarter. And they did, and they just kept coming. And as the game went on, Toronto got stronger and stronger, and Winnipeg looked weaker and weaker. And they just came back, and by the end of the third quarter, it was a tie game. And I'm like, are they really going to do? Are they really going to blow a twenty to nothing lead to the Argos? And then they got a point where uh, it was late in the fourth quarter, where uh, was it? Charleston Hughes recovered a fumble. And at that point, I'm like, oh, that's it. It's got to be. It's got to be over now. But then the Argos defense holds the Bomber to it out. I mean, come on, Bombers! You couldn't get one first down there because that's pretty much all they needed. Get a first down, maybe two first downs, and then they would have been able to run the clock out and hold the Argos off. But they couldn't. They end up punting uh, the ball back and. The law office, as we call him, McLeod Bethel Thompson, just he was on on after the, about the halfway point of the second quarter, he was unstoppable. Where did this come instead of like the guy throwing for 160 yards and so on, like he's done in previously? The guy was unreal in this game. He looked like a starter for the first time this season, and it's kind of funny because you were talking about anniversaries earlier. This is the anniversary of a game where uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson came in and led a big comeback to come from behind to beat Ottawa. And then last Thursday, he does it again. And they come back and they get the winning score with just a few seconds left. So a total, an utter collapse by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I don't know what Richie Hall's defense was doing there. But whatever it was, it wasn't very good. And Matt Nichols was extremely ordinary. And that's probably being kind because after the got to 20 points, the offense couldn't move the ball. And Andrew Harris, I know, ends up with 152 yards rushing. I believe 109 of that was in the first half. So he had about 40 yards in the second half. Why they didn't go to him more in the second half when Matt Nichols was struggling uh, moving the ball, I don't know. But um, give credit to the Argos. They finally put together a um, a big game. S.J. Green had a huge game. He had 10 catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. And it's funny that the, one of their big receivers, uh, Darrell Walker, was held pretty much in check by the Bombers. He only had four catches 
But um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson um, did a good job of spreading the ball around. Chris Rainey almost took one back to the house. I believe he got stopped on like a three-yard line that set up another Argos touchdown. But give him credit, the Argos, the, would anyone have been shocked if once they went down 20 nothing, if the Argos just roll over and die at that point? Because really, who was going to think they're coming back at that point? But they didn't. They kept coming. They kept playing and were able to uh, pull out the victory. So you, you got to give credit where credit's due for Toronto. And now this is two losses in a row for the Bombers. So we talked about earlier that things were going too easily for the Bombers in the early going, and they hadn't really um, they hadn't really faced any adversity. Well, they're starting to face it now. And they're not standing up to it very well. Now they still they're still five and two. They're still capable of turning things around, but they better uh, get things in check uh, pretty quickly here, uh, or they're going to start to see their season going south again. So, good on the Argos. A good come from behind. Um, um, so, a very interesting night, to say the least. Yeah, like for sure. I mean. We got we, we're everybody's expecting the uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to just like walk all over the Argos because the Argos were zero and six, Winnipeg was five and one, and the, this is a, not a clash of teams. Okay, this was not. This is more like David and Goliath and David slew Goliath in this in, in this one. This is the typical underdog just smoke their ass. And uh, we're all excited about it. Well, most of us. There's a few of us that are. Uh, Phil. Phil, what do you think of this game? You're not allowed to name well, a player, any players more than twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Argos win. Hashtag, hashtag any given fun Thursday. Sorry. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Oh wow! Winnipeg was was the safe bet in this game, of course, but that pedestrian quarterback of theirs doesn't exactly inspire me into thinking that Winnipeg really is a bona fide powerhouse. Um, has he got a 300 yard game this year? I don't nope. think so. Yeah. S.J. Green showing why he's still a premier talent. It was great to see that game. Great to see SJ looking like the old SJ. Uh, probably thanks to McLeod Bethel Thompson's best game this year. Uh, I'm just guessing. I didn't look at it, but probably the first game this year that they didn't lose the turnover battle. Um, you know, guys, the, the best quarterback depth in the entire league right now might be Toronto and Montreal. Now that Toronto has acquired Zach Kalaros, Montreal seems to have two with Vag and Antonio Pipkin. Don't um, call him that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you political correct guys on the left coast. Got nothing to do with yeah. political correct. It's disgusting. <laughs> but uh, Winnipeg, and much like Calgary, the old coordinators seem to be game-managing their quarterbacks to get wins, uh, kind of following the Rough Riders' Stephen McAdoo in 2018. Um, other than that, uh, oh, Richie Hall. Somebody mentioned Richie Hall. What was he doing? Well, you know, 
over the years, Richie's always seemed to manage a defense better from behind in a game than he does from ahead. Uh, that was always the knock on him in Saskatchewan is uh, Richie Hall's pre-event defense when uh, the Riders would get ahead. And uh, he lost a lot of games in the second half for the Riders. So that he kind of put his stamp on that game, I guess. But uh, I really don't have much else to offer other than I was just tickled pink at the outcome of that game. Oh, we, we all were. Every I, Everybody was. And I even think Bomber fans kind of thought it was a good thing. Uh, anyhow, um, Charles, go ahead. Or you did. I no. already did. You already did. It's Will. It's Will's turn. Is it Will's turn? Um, hey, Phil, no Calgary offensive coordinator has ever copied McAdoo. Trust me. He sucks. Anyways, um, you know, I've always said the way to stop the Bombers is stop Andrew Harris. Well, if Toronto had a stopped Andrew Harris, that game would have been 28 to nothing for Toronto because Andrew ha- Harris had over 200 yards total offense. He had like 152 yards rushing and he had six receptions for 45 yards. If they hadn't stopped Andrew Harris, the game wouldn't even been close. And I've always liked Bethel Thomas. I, I think he's actually a good quarterback um, from what I've seen, and I think he's been the best quarterback in Toronto for two years. So why did the Bombers lose? Well, I tell you what. I watched that game, or the first first two quarters. It was 20 to nothing, and my wife said, hey, let's go gamble. And I said, okay, let's go. And then I look at my phone about 1.30 in the morning, and it's like, get the, you know what, out of here. Because Toronto came back and won. I don't know how you give up a 20-point lead. But Winnipeg seemed to do it. And I wouldn't count Winnipeg out because I know they're going to regroup, and it is still early in the season. And they do play Calgary this week. And, yeah, I think that'll be a... That'll be a pretty decent game. But, uh, no, I mean, Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg, their biggest problem is they do not have a quarterback that can take over a game if they get in trouble. And Matt Nichols goes as the Bombers go. And when the Bombers are crappy, Matt Nichols is crappy. And he is a true game manager, I guess. I mean, if there wasn't so many quarterbacks uh, hurt in the CFL, I would say he'd only be a backup on every other team. Just my opinion. Anyways, I'm glad Winnipeg lost, believe it or not. So, hey, more power to him. And it helps Toronto that they actually have a win because every team likes it when Owen leaves. And Owen has left the building in Toronto. So, Owen has left the anyways, CFL for 2019. That is correct. Yep. Anyways, go ahead, Christopher. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's just, this is just an exciting game for me. Uh, okay, so the final score on this one was Winnipeg 27, Toronto Argonauts 28. So that means Toronto scored 28 points and Winnipeg scored 7. Because the Bombers were up 20 nothing. How do you let a team score 28 points on you with you only responding with seven points? You got the your thumb and finger and the shape of an L on your forehead. I believe that's the lyrics, right? 
Uh, yeah, no, man, you guys blew this one all to hell. I love it. Uh, Charles, you picked the Bombers to win. Will, you picked the Bombers to win. Mark, you picked the Bombers to win. Phil, you picked the Bombers. And CJ, you picked the Bombers. Nobody gets a star here. Wow. Okay. So, the next game up, Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Wow. Hamilton in Saskatchewan. So, you know, it's always hard for any team to play in Regina, regardless of what's going on, because of the noise. And, yes, I know the IGF, the Bomber Stadium, is louder than Saskatchewan, but but these guys do it nonstop from before kickoff to the end of the game. So it's a little unnerving, okay, that you, you really have to get ahead of them by a lot of points early in the game to take the crowd out in Regina, and Hamilton did not do that this time. So, uh, yeah. Phil, I'm going to let you go first, talk about this game, because there's not much we want to talk. After you, you, you're, you're thorough, in-depth, and, and over-the-top analysis of Saskatchewan games. Uh, go ahead. Well, uh, Christopher, just before I get into the game itself, I'll just make a comment about IGF Field being louder. It It is uh, proven to be slightly louder than uh, Mosaic Stadium, but... Uh, Ryder fans just tend to be uh, more educated about football. More educated about football, and they know when to make noise. Oh, 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 come on. Seriously? It's very hard to find a well-educated Ryder fan on football, okay? They all think they are, but it's really hard to find one, okay? Present company excluded, and a few others that I know that are really well, but most of them just, it's blind faith. It's like voting for the conservatives because your parents did. I'll I'll pass on that one, and I'm just going to get right into the game now. Okay. The, the more I look, the more I look at that game, um, it, it was a gem for the ages. It it really was. It was it was a well played football game all around. Uh, two inexperienced quarterbacks made it for really an exciting night. Uh, one of the best games I've seen this year, anywhere around the league. And and if anybody missed it, they should go back and watch it because. Uh, that is what CFL football is all about. So you did I, watch I it a, then? I, oh, you bet. Uh, a couple times. I, I, I made a comment last week that the CFL had a rough start in 2019 for excitement. Well, this weekend, it, the CFL made up for it, right right across the board, and, and especially that second game on Thursday night. You, you, you just couldn't get better, better CFL football watching. Shaq Evans versus Delvin Bro. Oh, man, what a beautiful matchup to watch all night. A couple of talented players. Shaq Evans, of course, winning out most of the time. Hey, Ryder fans got to enjoy Evans now because he's going to be in the NFL down the road here, uh, maybe as early as next season. So you um, have named two players now, okay? So you're not allowed to name any more. Oh, I'm only allowed two? Just two? <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I, I got to reel you in, you know, okay? Because you get into too many stats and details on too many different individual people and you bore the shit out of oh, people. Oh, I've learned. I've, I'm backing okay. off on that. I'm backing off. Okay. Yeah. But okay. Uh, just going back I, to I don't, want, uh, I don't want Will snoring. <laughs> uh, you know, about Evans, I sure wouldn't have said this a year ago. He had dropped balls, uh, some, some really poor route running, um, caused some of the interceptions. 
that the Riders put put up last year, but he has really developed into a into a quarterback. And you know that day the Riders cut three veterans at the end of training camp in 2018. It really didn't work out for the Riders in 2018, but it's sure working out for the Riders in 2019 because the guys they did keep as sophomores have really proven to have been the right choices to keep in the long run. Evans and Kyron Moore, as as an example. Was this um, Manny Arsenault's okay. first game? No, he's played no, a couple. second. This is second, oh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's not getting involved in the offense too much yet, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Riders cut uh, a receiver, a pretty talented young receiver, so they must think that Manny is uh, contributing a lot to the team. That's well, they also talk about traded for Kenny Stafford, so. Yep, yep. And uh, we're going to talk about that later in the show. We are. Yep. I, I thought uh, two minutes and 20 seconds into the game, the Purifoy interception was the turning point because uh, it wiped out Craig Dickinson's big mistake. Um, that's about his third or fourth big sideline mistake this season on a uh, going for a third and two from field goal range. I really thought they should have taken the points. It would have been out a 40... 40-yard field goal, 42 maybe. Uh, nice to see Stephen McAdoo having the Ryder O use the All-American wishbone. Uh, and I, you know, my entire life, I've I've been wondered why more CFL teams haven't done this. Uh, why not put two talented American backs in the backfield at the same time? I mean, we're, we're we got 12 players in the field. Uh, I'm not sure why we haven't seen more of it, but. Uh, there's people that know a lot more about football than me that are playing and running those teams. So I guess there are some reasons for it. Uh, I, of course, am just gushing about Cody Fajardo, but I think we're going to talk about that later in the game. And I, I'm over my two player limit already. So I'll stop right there. Uh, <laughs> that's about all I got to add for the game. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the disappointment in here was Micah Johnson. He, he kind of, and uh, got sidelined for a bit because he really didn't put out too much in the stat department for somebody that's getting paid as much as he is. Uh, yeah. William, did you watch the doubleheader down in Vegas? I saw bits and pieces of it as I was walking by the bars that had it on the TVs. But um, you know what? I'm going off of stats, and, and Cody Fajardo had a great game. And I really think Saskatchewan's found their quarterbacks, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, hey, what the heck? I mean, Saskatchewan won. I hate when Saskatchewan won. I really, I really am taking a, I really am taking a back when, when Phil starts talking about Saskatchewan and educate it. Um, but, hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, and I have also met a number of Saskatchewan fans that know what they're talking about. Not a yes. lot, but some. Yeah. There are some out there. There are some out there. Um, you know, I don't think, uh, once again, as far as you just brought up Mika Johnson, once again, is it system or is it the player? Okay. Because he was unstoppable in Calgary. So once again, is that the system or the player? And I don't think they're using Mika Johnson properly this year because they got him moving all over the place, and he's not that kind of guy. I think he's there to plug up your middle, and uh, that's what makes everybody else around him that much better. Mind you, 
Charleston Hughes did get two sacks in that game as well, which is not bad for an old guy. Um, yeah, I got nothing to say other than, you know, the West, the West this year is going to be tight. It's obvious how tight it's going to be with the exception of one team who I'm not going to bring up. Shut um, up. The rest of the, the rest of the West is, is going to be tight this year. And at this point, and I know it is only, what is it coming up to week eight or week nine? Um, it's still early in the season. And we'll see what happens. But Saskatchewan, hate to admit it, they got to be right in the running. So there you go. And they just signed a good receiver, which we'll talk about later. So we we go just ahead. finished we just finished week eight. Week eight. So it's early in the season, but that leak that is it's tight. It's very tight. So yeah. Okay, Charles. Go ahead. Well, I mean, to be honest, I think Hamilton really let this one get away from them. They were um, they were poised to take this game late, and um, they just uh, they they got a little bit fortunate here. There was a the one play uh, a lot of people have talked about where uh, uh, Orlando Steinauer was clearly trying to call a timeout. He was running down the field. But none of the officials saw it. But, uh, hey, that that happens. And uh, the Riders were able to battle back and get the touchdown, uh, the go-ahead touchdown to uh, win it for them. Um, uh, Hamilton's in some trouble without um, without Mazzoli. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Dane Evans is trying to do the best he can, and... He was 19 to 29 for 196 yards. That I I see as kind of top end uh, for him. I don't I don't think he's going to go out and put together a Mazzoli type uh, or Cody Fajardo type numbers. Fajardo has taken his um, his opportunity and run with it, but I I don't see Dane Evans in that. I mean, he can keep them afloat maybe. But he's not going to go out and win them games. And um, you got to think of it here. They were down. They only lose by five points, and they were missing, of course, Mazzoli, who's gone for the year. They were missing Brandon Banks. Uh, they had one other key point. I'm just trying to remember who it was that they were missing. But they were missing some key players, but they were able to stay with Saskatchewan uh, and almost pulled off the upset in Saskatchewan with Saskatchewan scoring late. Uh, but in reality, this Hamilton team is, they're going to need their defense to play a lot better than they did if they're going to want to try and win any games against, uh, well, anyone for that matter, because quite frankly, I don't see them putting up a lot, a lot of offensive numbers going forward. Um, uh, this was a decent game for the Riders. I don't, I wouldn't say that it was a, a uh, spectacular game, but they did enough to get the job done against a team that was missing a lot of key components. Uh, but they only beat them by five points, so you would have thought the Riders would have been able to uh, take this one uh, a lo- little more decisively than they did, but, I mean, that happens sometimes. Um, I thought, um, you know, I guess 
I think Hamilton's defense started to wear out towards the end, and uh, the Riders, let's face it, Fajardo put the points on the board that he needed. And he had another 300-yard game. We're going to discuss him a little more coming um, forward. But, yeah, I thought Saskatchewan did a good job to be able to come back, get that victory. And um, Hamilton's kind of been the drawing board. I'd, I'm surprised they're not going out to see if they can find a um, an experienced quarterback. Because, I, I, really, I, I mean, Dane Evans is a decent quarterback. But, quite frankly, I just don't see him being a long-term uh, they're gonna. He's gonna. They're gonna struggle offensively if he's the quarterback for the rest of the year. So that's about all I got to say. Yeah. So uh, I understand that uh, uh, Jonathan Jennings may be available from Ottawa if uh, Hamilton's looking for an experienced quarterback. Oh, did okay. I they might loud? want to stick with Evans at that point. <laughs> that might not be any better, actually. Okay. Um, William, you went on this subject already, didn't you? Yeah, Phil did. Will did. Yes. It's your okay, turn. So this, it's your turn. This, I'm done on this game already. I've already started it. I started off. I finished it. I'm done. Hamilton 19, Saskatchewan 24 is the final score. Uh, Will and Mark both picked Hamilton to beat Saskatchewan. You guys are eliminated from this one. Uh, CJ, uh, yeah, like the guy who scores absolutely no victories at all. I was out by 16 points, and I was the furthest away in the score. Charles was seven points off. Phil gets the star with five-point spread difference. 26-16, you went low on Hamilton and high on Saskatchewan. But five points is a pretty good spread. The third game... Yeah, the third game of the week, uh, Friday night game, was Ottawa and Montreal. Ooh, this was a tough one. Montreal was on a tear. Ottawa has been uh, not doing so well since the beginning of the season, and uh, a lot of us figured differently on what was going to happen here. Uh, Go ahead, Charles. Well, to be honest, I did not see a lot of this game because I was tied up for most of the night. Um... Not literally, of course, but I was actually traveling uh, while this game was being played. And um, when I saw the actual result of this game, I was actually surprised because Montreal was on such a roll um, lately, and I thought them being at home um, was going to um, really uh, pump them up and uh, push them over the top in this one. Vernon Adams went down with an injury in this game. Um, did it knock him out for the rest of the year? I, I heard he had suffered a mild concussion. I don't think they should use that word. A concussion is a concussion. I don't think they should be able to use the word mild. It's a concussion or it's not. Oh, it, but it's not um, true. There, there are degrees. That there are, they, oh, they, they, do, they do scale a concussion. They say it's a grade one, grade two, or whatever, grade four concussion. Uh, yeah, no, there, there's definitely a difference. There's a mild concussion, then there's severe. So yep. you, it's it's not an oxymoron. It's not a redundant statement. It is a it is a legitimate verb. I guess that's fair, yeah. All right. So um, what was the difference in this game, you asked? Because Dominic Davis sure as hell wasn't. He was very average, 20 of 34, 164 <laughs> yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Those numbers are not significantly better than Jonathan Jennings. 
but what really turned the tide on this was one guy, Devontae Dedman. Punt return touchdown, kickoff return touchdown. It's the second week in a row that we've seen a guy have two special teams touchdowns in one game with, um, uh, what's his name, the dude from uh, BC. Um, oh, uh, the guy who did it last week. What, why am I, um, the guy that was in Ottawa. Thank Langford? you. Why could I not remember his name? Ryan Lankford had two uh, special team touchdown return last week. Well, Devontae Dedman did it this week. He had a punt return touchdown. He had a kickoff return touchdown. So that was kind of the difference there. Those 14 points were very big, especially when you consider Ottawa only beats Montreal by three points. Um, once uh, Vernon Adams went down with an injury, Pipkin, Antonio Pipkin came in. He didn't look very good at all. He only completed 8 of 17 passes for 57 yards. William Stanback had a decent game, uh, but they obviously did not give him the ball enough. He only had 12 carries for 88 yards. I'm sorry, when your running back is averaging 7.3 yards, you need to be giving him the ball a whole lot more. Uh, John Crockett was the leading rusher for uh, Ottawa. He only had 71 yards, but they gave him the ball 16 times. If you've got a running back who's obviously having a decent game by running the ball 7.3 times per carry, you've got to be giving him the ball more than 12 times. This guy is actually a stud running back, it looks like. they got to start using him more. Um, um, and while the, um, the defense, I think, also stepped up well for the Ottawa Red Blacks as well, um, they picked off uh, the um, – well, they only had the one interception on Vernon Adams, but they had – let me see. What was, sorry, I was counting them earlier. It's just one – only one sack, I thought they had more. But they held them anyway. They held them low enough for the uh, touchdown. But really where this game was won and lost, it appears to me, was on the special teams and the uh, the play of Devontae Dedman, who very likely will be in the top three stars of the week and quite possibly number one. So a uh, good game by Dedman. And um, I hope for Montreal's sake that Vernon Adams is not out long term because – I'm taking him over Antonio Pipkin uh, any day of the week right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Phil, go at it. I've got Will on on mute right now because I don't know what the hell he was doing in the background. Or there was a lot of noise the in the background there. There was a lot of noise, and I I I, yeah. I kind of shut it down so that you could be heard properly, Charles. All right. I appreciate. Yeah. That. I like- yeah. That's probably just another plane landing. Maybe that's that Todd Moogie's plane landing in Winnipeg on his way back from Toronto. And uh, But uh, Charles really nailed it there. Uh, feed stand back the ball. I mean, 12 carries. Uh, when uh, particularly when they had some had had a quarterback change, they weren't they weren't tearing up the game passing wise. Um, They've got to they've got to feed him the ball. They really do. Um, this has been the the year of the kickoff return. What are we? We're all I think we're already at eight. Uh, the records were we've re- broken the record already this year. The records were 1994 and 2003 for seven. That's the full season record for kickoff return touchdowns. 
and uh, 2019, we're at eight. And it is August the 5th, 2019. We've got a lot of football left to go. Uh, Chris Rainey almost he took one to the house as well here yep. this weekend. So uh, lots of touchdowns on punt returns as well. You know, uh, if you like that special teams game, like the return game that the CFL offers, this 2019 couldn't be more exciting in that regard. Yeah. Um, you know, like, tell me again we need more Canes on the roster. Canadian uh, talent does keep improving, but the American skilled player talent has stayed ahead of it. Um, and, and it shows when, we, when we've got returners that can tear it up like, like they have. You know, and, and we've been – We've been developing and drafting more Canadian linebackers that play special teams, but uh, we, we can't stay ahead of these guys. Uh, the American skilled player, it, it used to be you had one or two of them on the roster. Now you've got five or six of them on the roster and definitely one at returner and may, probably two. Lots of teams have two of them. And we're going to talk about that a little later tonight about Christian Jones. Uh, a lot of them are starting to look like high, uh, our Heisman candidate, 1991 Grey Cup star, the million-dollar man, Rocket Ismael. And, uh, but that Ottawa-Montreal game, the thing that, that ticked me off the most about it is how come Ottawa could pull one out this weekend against Montreal on the road when last weekend they had the Calgary Stampeders in town and late in the game they shit the bed. You know, they're not helping out the rest of our Western teams. That's all I got to say. Did I lose you? Did we lose CJ? Oh, we lost CJ. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't hear him, and I don't hear Will. I don't know if he's on. No, I'm not. here. I yeah, I was going oh. off on a little talk there, but I had muted my mic because my grandkids oh, okay. came downstairs and we're making noise, I so I I didn't want to interrupt Bill with that, so I muted my mic. But then I started talking, and I don't know what was going on. And you know, it it comes back down. You know, for the last couple of years, and Phil hasn't been on the show, but just so that you kind of get some background on here, we've been saying that the in Ottawa. There's been a good Trevor Harris and a bad Trevor Harris. Some games he's just amazing. Other games he shits the bed. Your analysis or synopsis of this just basically says that it's Ottawa as a whole that is a good team and a bad team. It has its Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe it wasn't Trevor Harris so much as the Ottawa Red Blacks in a whole. What do you think there, Charles? It actually makes some sense because if you look at the team this year, they look great one week and bad the next week. And that's what we always used to say about Trevor Harris. But I'm starting to wonder if maybe you're right. Maybe it was. uh, Well, because Trevor Harris has had some great games this year. He has. Like, in a row. He hasn't been so Jekyll and Hyde. No. So do you think maybe it's the Ottawa franchise itself that just doesn't know how to how to be consistent? It's possible. Huh. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to open up Will's mic. Where did, where is that button? There it is. Will, come join the show here. Yes. I'm and, here. Uh, good. I'm glad of it. I missed you. 
I was putting my barbecue cover on and I'm trying to water my grass, but other than that, sorry for making too we're, much we're noise. We're doing a podcast, um, okay? I, I don't know if you noticed this. It's kind of important. Yeah, but it I've is. been away for nine days. I have I have things. Sorry, man. I've got things. Anyways, um, you know, I I don't know what happens to head coaches or offensive coordinators or whatever you want to say. But when you have Williams stand back in your backfield, I'm running the ball more than I'm passing the ball. It's that uh-huh. simple, okay? And and I've mentioned this on this show 10,000 times. Offensive linemen would rather run block than pass block any day of the week. And by doing that, you wear down the defense. And I don't know why. I don't know why head coaches don't realize this. I don't know if they they get big egos and decide they can pass and it's more exciting. Maybe they're trying to make it more exciting for the fan, but I get excited when a guy runs the ball down somebody's throat. It, it, it's one of the things I like. Um, I, I got to disagree with Charles. I, I, I'm sorry. Jonathan Jennings is not good. And, and, and uh, when you put in the other guy, my God, I just lost his name. What's his name? Come on, Dominic help Davis. me. Dominic Davis. Okay, I think he looks way better than Jonathan Jennings, regardless of what he does. And uh, I, I think that's the difference for Ottawa. And and I guess Montreal just had to have an off game, but it really wasn't that off. It was a close game. I'm wondering, and I and I hate to use this word on people because I hate this word. Has the CFL in the first eight weeks discovered parity with the exception of a couple of teams? And that would be Toronto and BC. All the other teams are close. And you can tell by the standings, they're all close. So maybe, I mean, we've said this season isn't as great as the past seasons, but maybe it is because of parity. And uh, I guess it's exciting for everybody because anybody can get win on any day and, and they're all in the standings. So maybe that's what's happening, but you know, Montreal lost, which, you know, I, I think I, yeah, I did pick Montreal of course, but uh, Hey, I just don't understand when, when offensive coordinators get, get pass happy. And they don't run the ball. The run still sets up the pass. Doesn't matter what anybody tells you. There you go. Go ahead. Well, anybody that argues that is it doesn't understand football. Uh, that's just a fact. I agree. I agree. And I don't know why these coordinators get so wrapped up in passing the fucking ball. Run the fucking ball. It's that simple. You'd be amazed at what happens when you run the ball. Nothing makes passing easier than play action. Absolutely. Pound it down their throat. You talk to you talk to any any coach at any level of football, and they'll tell you ten thousand things can go wrong when they pass the ball. Not many things can go wrong when you run the ball. It's straight man on man, run the ball down their throat. I mean, even over if the running back gets over a good head. Over again. Absolutely. People get worn out. Go ahead. 
No, I think that's it. That's everybody on here. What do we got? Final score was the Ottawa Red Blacks 30, the Montreal Alouettes 27. Wow. So, Montreal was on a tear, and everybody picked Montreal to win this game. Except one. Somebody stepped out of their ranks and picked Ottawa to win. Be starting Jonathan Jennings. Somebody picked Ottawa to win. That was a cheap one. A ridiculous score of nine to five, but that didn't matter because there was nobody else picking Ottawa to win. And that was who? CJ. And CJ picks up his second gold star of the season. He's on, it, 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 it's a comeback. It's a comeback. I now have more wins than the BC Lions and the Toronto Argonauts. In fact, I'm tied with both of them total. You add all of Chris BC wins and all of Toronto Argonaut wins up, and I'm tied with them. Ooh, You're only 43 points off, too. That was good. I know. I was only up by 43 points. It doesn't get much better than that. I am so excited. Hey, look, there's a chicken egg incubator for sale. Okay, Uh, the last game of the week really didn't mean much, but hey, what the hell. Battle of Alberta, this is not the Labor Day Classic or the Battle of Alberta uh, turnaround the next week. This is just the third game, third meeting of the year for them. Uh, being the first one, but it's the first of three. Uh, Edmonton in Calgary. And uh, Will didn't attend the game. He gave his tickets away, again, to Stephen Sparkman, who is our statistician in all of this, uh, our, our, our picking and names and, 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 and number games here. And he sends me this really nice spreadsheet every week. Actually, he sends it to Mark. And then Mark forwards it to me, which this system works really well for me, and I like it. And uh, I, I've got the sheet printed out every week. I've got one in my hand right now. It's got little orange squares on it for the winners. Makes it really easy for me. So thank you, Stephen. So uh, and 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 Will recognizes your your efforts towards the group and uh, and, and shared a couple of tickets with you. Wow. Okay. Anyhow, enough of this. Uh, Charles. Edmonton, Calgary. I know you're in Seattle, so it was hard for you to watch this game. I don't know. Did yeah, you? I, was, I couldn't. I, I was hoping it was going to be on ESPN two, but it wasn't. It was, uh, I guess, one of those ESPN Plus games. So I was pretty much uh, basically keeping tabs on this from my phone. Um, I picked Calgary to win this one, although I was very weary on uh, picking this one because Edmonton has actually played some very good football this year. And um, the reason I ended up picking Calgary in this game is because, for whatever reason, Edmonton never seems to play well in Calgary. They always seem to struggle, and... They did, obviously, in this game again, because when you look at that, uh, when you look at the box score, when you look at the numbers Trevor Harris had, it looks like he has pretty impressive numbers, 373 and two touchdowns. The problem is a lot of the 373, we've talked about it before, it was between the 20s. Um, He got the two touchdowns, but he needed more than that in this game. And when you have almost 400 yards passing, you should have more than two touchdown passes. 
Um, they had no running game to speak of for Edmonton. C.J. Gable with 27 yards led the way. The guy that impresses me on Edmonton is Ricky Collins. This guy had had trouble catching a cold in B.C. last year, but he had 148 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but um, the Stampeders were as steady as they go. They didn't put up gaudy big numbers on this one, but they put up good enough numbers to win. Arbuckle was okay. He only had 189 yards passing. And also, Calgary, they didn't have much rushing either. Their leading rusher was Romer Morris with 14 yards. So how do they win this game? I don't even understand how they actually pulled it out. The reason is their defense held uh, the, held Edmonton out of the end zone enough. Uh, they got um, four field goals from Rene Paredes. That's good for 12 points. And then they put up the... The touchdown there, and did they also have a return? No, they didn't. Yes, they had a kickoff return touchdown by Terry Williams. There again, it's the special teams touchdowns that are making the difference. We saw it with the Ottawa game. You're seeing it here in a six-point game. What's the turning point? A kickoff return touchdown by Terry Williams. So, again, like Phil was saying, it's the year of the kickoff touchdowns because it's happening constantly. So, uh, it's a big win there for uh, Calgary. They're now, believe it or not, Calgary, despite the fact they lost half their team from last year, and despite the fact they don't have their number one quarterback, they're now 5-2 and two and um, tied for first place. So that's pretty impressive for this team um, so far. And um, Calgary, or excuse me, Edmonton, while they had more yards than the Stampeders did, considerably, just not enough finish. And the special team touchdown by Terry Williams makes the difference. Okay. Phil, Edmonton, Calgary. Well, uh, i got to admit, fellas, that I haven't had a chance to watch that game yet. I have it queued up to watch. But uh, just just looking over the stats real quickly, uh, I noticed Nick Arbuckle seems to be doing it with mirrors again and maybe some good special teams play. And, again, they seems like the Calgary Stampeders are using the Stephen McAdoo 2018 method of managing the game and letting their defense and special teams come out with a win. And interesting that... Uh, Somebody mentioned that it seems like the Eskimos never play well in Calgary. I think they're just in tough in Calgary because this is Calgary's, like, it's kind of like their great cup was when Edmonton comes to town. And uh, and in 2019, that very may be as close as they're going to get to a great cup game, the Calgary Stampeders. That said, uh, big shout-out to the Calgary Stampeders who – I observed three of them in uh, Alberta Children's Hospital again this week. Uh, I think they do a great job of that. And uh, especially uh, Trey Roberson. Uh, my little girl was in the hospital, and I, my, our nanny was there, and she didn't, she didn't take a picture uh, when uh, he came and signed something for my daughter. And, and uh, I explained to her that, uh, gee, Trey, Trey Roberson is like, kind of like Calgary's Manny Pacquiao right now. And she went, oh, oh my gosh. Next time, she said she'll take a picture. Who, uh, who's that? Story. 
Uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, he's the uh, most famous man in the Philippines ever. He's a boxer. He's kind of a boxer. Yeah, and a politician. Yeah. So, like I said, I can't add much about the game. Okay. Uh, William, your Calgary Stampeders, they pulled this one out, buddy. I know you, you, you found a way to watch it. You know what? I, I think... I think Phil is trying to pull the CJ. What? He he's trying to be he's trying to be so subtle at insulting me and trying to get me going, but I'm not gonna go tonight because all I can say, Phil, is the record speaks for itself. Um, the Stampeders are still in the Grey Cup race. Um, they've been doing it without their first so string quarterback. They've been doing it without their number one running back. They've been doing it without 12 starters from last year. Okay, so bottom line, and you can give me stats all you want, baby, but there's only one stat that matters, and you know what that is, and that's called the win. Um, I did watch the game today, Christopher, a couple of times. Um, I, I just I can't believe you think I'm subtle. The other night. Yeah, well, you're you're not as subtle as Phil, but I don't think I think Phil's scared I'm gonna yell, and everybody knows that I don't yell. So, um, anyway, you yell at your TV. Uh, I've thing, seen it. What one of one of the things one of the things that reaffirms something I've been saying for years now happened at the game on Saturday against against Edmonton. When I say kickers have no place being on a field. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed on Terry Williams' kick return, the kicker had a chance to tackle him, and Terry Williams just kind of leaned towards the kicker and then back out again, and the kicker stood there like a pylon while Terry Williams ran past him. It was pretty funny, okay? He froze him like a pylon, and the guy just stood there as Terry Williams ran by him. It was kind of funny. Anyways, um, you know what? Calgary, they're getting it done with smoke and mirrors. I, I think uh, it's a young team, so they're they, they they believe that they can win, and sometimes they're doing stupid shit, and it makes me angry when they do stupid shit. But bottom line is they're five and two, and I can't complain. And I will be shocked, to be honest with you, I will be shocked if Calgary loses to Winnipeg this week. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, and I, I hate to bring up BC right now, but I'm going to bring them up. I don't think they played. They didn't play this weekend. Nope. But, um, you know, I believe that Edmonton, Edmonton has one of the top front fours in the CFL right now. They've sacked Mike Riley so many times. They've made their season on it. Edmonton only got three sacks against Calgary. And, I'm I I'm just going to revert back to because that pylon, Paul Levi Mitchell wasn't back there. Well, no, I'm just going to go back to BC here for a minute, and I really think one of the biggest problems in BC is coaching. Because no, tell it, tell me well, it's not so. Well, no, it's just and and no, no, it's just that it's just that you know when they played back to back against Edmonton, okay you would think the offensive line coach would do something about these, these, these defensive 
linemen in Edmonton sacking Mike Riley, but they couldn't figure it out again. And, I mean, it's it's a coaching thing because you can stop those things. And I think it's just lack of experience with the coaching staff. I really do. So, because yeah, I expect it. My biggest worry in the Calgary-Edmonton game was that Arbuckle being being a, a second-string guy was going to get sacked left, right, and center because you don't think Bo Levi can – you don't, you guys – Bo Levi doesn't run. Apparently, Nick Arbuckle can't run. Okay, apparently, he's in the same uh, category as uh, <clears throat> Matt Nichols in Winnipeg. He shouldn't run either. Okay, so really, um, yeah, apparently so. That's what I, I've I heard. I wouldn't guess that. I, I, it's what I've heard. Bo Levi Mitchell says he's slow. So I mean, that's coming from Bo Levi Mitchell. So, anyways, hey. All I can say is Calgary won. That's all that matters. And let's bring on next week. Okay. Uh, That's the end of this one. Uh, Final score was the Edmonton Eskimos 18, the Calgary Stampeders 24. Uh, Mark, Phil, CJ all picked Edmonton to win. Uh, It was down to Charles and Will. And who do you think picked the better game? Charles. William, the gold star is yours, buddy. Out by an eight-point oh, spread. Okay? You picked 28-24 or 28-14. You're out by four each way. Charles was out by 19. Okay. Oh, okay. So, after eight weeks of the 2018 CFL season, here are the standings. Phil, eight points, and he missed a week. Charles, seven. Mark, Seven, Will six. You got shut out this week, Will. No, you didn't. You won the last one. Mark got shut out. Oh, that's what I wanted to bug Mark about. Get Mark picked Winnipeg to win. He lost. Mark picked Hamilton to lose. He lost. Mark picked Montreal to win. He lost. Mark picked Edmonton to win. He lost. Mark lost all four games. He's starting to be like CJ. Anyhow. Hey, and uh, uh, CJ's got two points down at the bottom. Will's got six. I don't know if I said that or not. But, yeah, we, Mark lost every game. Usually, you know, how how do you expect to run with the big dogs, Mark, if you're picking games like that? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Shake hey Christopher, have you have you mentioned to Phil that for not being on the show, he gets a, uh, he gets a six-point penalty? So, in reality, he only has two points. Oh. I forgot all about that. Oh, maybe yeah. you want to do that off air. Okay, you can do that off air. Okay, okay. Phew. Well, it's not me you got to convince. It's Steven. He's the one that keeps sending me this stuff. So you're going to have to tell I think you pretty got a pretty much up one on on Steve now that you just gave him a couple of football tickets. You could maybe get him to doctor the, the, the point spreads a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm not really paying attention to who's who gets what. So, okay. Uh thought it goes go for that okay so we're finished the football games for the year or for the week and the uh it the year no just for week eight and uh now we're going to jump into segment five which is the riders trade the eskimos Crap. uh for receiver kenny stafford and they send some uh somebody over there what was his name uh somebody interesting Kick returner, I think it was, wasn't it? 
Who did Edmonton get out of this trade? I bet you can't guess his name, Christopher. Well, I, I've seen it already, so you know, just just tell me who it is, so that I don't have to keep looking. Christoph Jones. Okay. No, it's not. That wasn't his name. Yes, it I is. Yes, I would have remembered is. that. I would have remembered that. Where Where is it? Christian Jones, former Alabama. Really? Crimson Tide. Is that really his name? Christian Jones. Yes. Christian okay. Jones. Shit. Okay. I didn't I didn't see it then. Okay. So yeah, they sent this kick returner to Edmonton and Edmonton sends Kenny Stafford uh so to Saskatchewan. So obviously Edmonton's not thinking really highly of Kenny Stafford right now. Oh well. Shit happens. Um I don't know what to say about this. The Riders need some uh, uh, some receivers there. Manny's not doing that good. The other guys kind of shit the bed. Uh, Cody Fajardo is actually throwing the ball decently, so they need some people to catch it. So Kenny Stafford might be a great addition to that. Will, jump on board here and tell me what's up. What do you think of this trade? Can you ask somebody else right now? I've got to do something. Yeah, I can do that. I was going to ask Phil anyhow, and your word, your name came out by accident. So I was going to send it to Phil right. first so that he could just give us confusing. a long-term answering. So Phil, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's the last letters of your name. Phil, Will, very similar. Okay, go ahead. All righty. Ryder um, fan. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'll start with Kenny Stafford because that's who's coming to Riderland. Uh, you know, I don't know what to think about this trade. First of all, because Kenny Stafford has really been so uninspiring to me that I seriously thought he was a Canadian. I had to look it up tonight. No, he's and, not a Canadian. Uh, he's not. And uh, why he has uh, been a receiver for so long in this league and, uh, like, hit 700 yards, I think is his peak or 700 and something, uh, is just beyond me. He must be the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL to have stayed around the league this long. That said, bringing in his experience is probably going to help, and maybe he is a great blocker. Uh, but uh, he's never never really got me really excited. Like, like I said, I was, I was sure he was a Canadian, and that's why he had a job in this league. Uh, as for Christian Jones, he's a pretty exciting receive, uh, returner. Uh, he just couldn't. He just couldn't click as a receiver. He had very few reps as a receiver with the Riders, uh, and the Riders had so many, uh, so many potential uh, returners in 2019 that I was surprised that Christian Jones stuck with the team out of camp. I thought it was a waste of a roster spot. And uh, when you look at, uh, at uh, the returners we do have there, we were using a, we're using a defensive halfback there. Um, Lucius Purifoy, who's had some great success in returns, including this weekend. And then we've got an exciting returner receiver, Kyron Moore. Um, I, I just don't, didn't see that we had a spot for Christian Jones. The fact that we were even able to trade him uh, says that Jeremy O'Day is doing a great job, particularly if he does see any value in Kenny Stafford that, that I just don't see. Um, I think that's really all i got to say about it. Okay, Charles. 
Uh, personally, I'm kind of uh, I'm not I'm a lot more optimistic uh, than Phil is with regards to Kenny Stafford. I actually think uh, Kenny Stafford is a pretty good receiver. He's had some success. Uh, he hasn't been the most spectacular spectacular guy, but he has put up some decent numbers where he's been. He's never had to be a number one guy. He's always been kind of a guy that's uh, been. Um, you know, just there. Last year in Edmonton, he had 781 yards. Uh, he had 732 in Edmonton previously. But he's never had big numbers outside of Edmonton. His biggest num- um he in Montreal, he only had 215 yards receiving uh, and 230 yards receiving. But, um, you know, obviously he's playing with better quarterback with Mike Riley uh, in his years in Edmonton. But the guy at least has some... Uh, potential, at least I think, to be a decent receiver. He's not going to be your number one guy, but he's a good depth guy. And obviously that's the thing that the Riders are apparently not happy with right now. Uh, Manny Arsenault has not really made much of a dent in his. Maybe he's, I think he's still trying to get back into the rhythm after his uh, knee injury. Um, I think that uh, Christian Jones is actually a pretty good um a pretty good um, kick returner. So I think Edmonton might be okay there. Uh, That's one uh, area where Edmonton hasn't really had any real huge success in this year was returning kicks. So bringing him back uh, or bringing him in might help in that um, area for them. So I think it's a decent trade all around. I think that um, I can see where both teams could benefit from it. So I, I don't think it's a bad team, bad trade for either team, really. Okay. William, are you ready for this? Or yep. Are you back with us? Or? I, I, I am, so I had to pee, sorry. Um, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I know, it, it, it happens often when you, know, you get old. Well, and I drink too much water. Phil, you should be highly impressed that they signed Kenny Stafford or they traded for Kenny Stafford because, after all, he is Deron Carter's cousin. Okay? So he's probably got the same attitude. Anyways. And I guess, obviously, they needed a receiver because they're not impressed with the receivers. And and so I don't think they should have traded Christian Jones because I thought he was – I thought he was pretty decent, but I mean, obviously they're they think they're lacking somewhere, and that's why they made the trade. Um, I, I think uh, it's not it's not a blockbuster deal. It's not going to make either one of these teams that much better. But uh, hey, you never know. You never know. So I mean, there's not really much to say about a mid-season trade. Did Edmonton need a kick returner? Maybe. Did Saskatchewan need a receiver? Maybe. Um, but, hey, let's see what happens. Could be the greatest trade in the CFL history. You never know until five years later. So, And I, you know, I mean, hey, there's not much to say about it. Go ahead. Yeah, I I forgot to mention, I thought the most surprising thing about this trade is that the Riders had to release... KD Cannon in order to make room for Stafford on the roster. KD Cannon has shown that he has the physical skills and 
it looks has looked pretty exciting. Now maybe he hasn't shown the development in year two. Uh, that you know that maybe something can be said for that. But uh, you know I would have thought an investment in Katie Cannon at probably a lower salary would have would have uh, made more sense. But maybe something wasn't working out with Katie Cannon either. Okay. So that's enough on this subject. That's too much rider for me. Uh, what's this? Dunnigan thinks that Fajardo's gaining a lot of confidence with his teammates. How does that even make sense? But it does. It does. You have to be, you have to like what Fajardo is currently doing. Because he is. He's doing a great job for Ryder Nation. He's probably the number one new quarterback. And, uh, The riders don't look so bad. The riders do not look so bad. And I'm gonna kind of, I'm not gonna say I'm impressed with them because they're the riders. But yeah, I would, I, I picked them a lot lower this year than what they are. But yeah, I picked BC to be a lot higher. So who the hell am I? Uh, so there, Charles. What do you think about Pajardo? as this QB coming out of nowhere. Cody Fajardo used to be a BC Lion. I mean, he was, he was third a BC string Lion last he, season. And he when I heard it. that the Lion... Pardon? And he wasn't cutting it. Yeah. And I remember back to when the Lions released Cody Fajardo, I had no problem with it. No. Uh, quite frankly, I didn't see much of it. He didn't show me anything in BC... He didn't show me anything when he played in um, Toronto. So I really didn't see a lot out of them. His play has completely taken me by surprise. Um, it shocked me because I really didn't think he had it in him. But uh, to be fair, um, he got the chance with the injury in week one with Zach Caleros. And he's run with it. He has really impressed me this year. He's, quite frankly, starting to make a believer out of me that this guy actually is a bona fide, can be a bona fide starter in the CFL. Now, I'm not going to say he's 100% there yet because it is only half a season. We have seen quarterbacks in the past come in and have initial success and then drop off. Uh, Jonathan Crompton, um Brandon Bridge had some good games early on. There's been several that had good starts, and then they tapered off. But so far, he's not showing any sign of slippage there. So i got to give full marks to Cody Fajardo. He's taken his, um, he's taken his uh, chance and run with it so much to the point that the riders didn't feel they needed to even try Zach Caleros again uh, at quarterback. They decided to trade him uh, and just go with Fajardo as their guy. So give uh, him full marks. He's taken his his opportunity, and he's just taken it and just gone with it, and he's playing some very good football right now. So you have to be impressed with him. I can't, uh, I can't say anything differently. Okay, William. Well, let's face it, half the half the battle with quarterbacks is to give them confidence. 
and I think Cody Fajardo's confidence is building. Okay, um, you know, and Phil has always pointed this out to us that Saskatchewan does have a good offensive line that that makes half the job easier for a rookie quarterback, not really a rookie quarterback, but a first-year starting quarterback. And, uh, hey, he's the numbers speak for themselves, and he actually makes uh, Saskatchewan a contender if he continues the way he is. And I don't see why he wouldn't continue the way he's going. Um, but, once again, it's only week eight. Let's see what happens, or week nine, let's see what happens down the road. Because we all say this all the time on this podcast, that season doesn't start till Labor Day. Labor Day is coming quick. And uh, then we'll see how well everybody does. But, like I said, half half the thing is you have a good offensive line, you can have a pretty decent quarterback. So, and for Jardo, I mean, I think uh, he showed so much that that's why, like Charles was saying, that's why Saskatchewan traded Zach Kolaris because, uh, I mean, Fajardo, and I don't think he's that old, he could be their quarterback of the future. So let's wait and see. Okay. Okay. Who's next? Phil. Phil. Oh, me, me. Cody Fajardo? Yeah, me next, please. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm glad I'm not the only one seeing this because I, I do have those green colored glasses. You do. Yep. But you know, that said, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I beat another top team before before grinding your ears about the man crush I have on Cody Fajardo. Well, maybe maybe not. Have they, have not, they beat a top tier team? I'm sorry. Have they beat a top-tier team? Well, Hamilton is kind of a top-tier team, but much like uh, without much a quarterback. like Calgary, much like Calgary, they're without a quarterback, and and maybe maybe 2019 is next year country already for Hamilton. So, uh, he, you know, Cody Fajardo, his uh, his footwork, his pocket presence, and his decision making looks like a guy with a hundred starts. He, he, you know, much like much like people said about BLM so many years back, you know, when when he got started out in this league, and uh, so I think the future is right bright for Cody Fajardo. I really do. I really do. He hasn't very, made very many mistakes. What you know, what quarterback is going to have the presence of mind to do a quick pick or sorry, quick kick on the last play of the half? when he's got so much else to think about as a new starting quarterback for a team and he's like, what, fifth, sixth CFL start, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's simply a sprinkle of Jesus. It really is. Uh, it's getting a little over the top, don't you think? Well, that, you know, that's been quoted yeah. a, a lot over the last couple of days there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Uh, what, I think wider I just, fans? I just think uh, yeah, I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Cody Fajardo actually has used that term a couple times. It's it's delightful. It really is. I'm I'm, I'm thinking about finding God again. So. Oh but, my good lord. Okay, but let's go to let's go to quarterback injuries for a moment. 
let's go to that Hamilton Saskatchewan game when Fajardo got that extra twist on the ankle. You know, um, I, I'll, you know, let's hope at least there's the minimum $600 fine or whatever the minimum is now. And a stern talking to by the rules committee. I, I can't remember the, the Ticats player who was involved, but uh, that was pretty dirty. Overall, I'm liking this turnover in quarterbacks. The young guys are, are like, they're rising to the task and overcoming the yes. difficulty of the CFL game. Jonathan Jennings is doing an awesome job. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's sort of a veteran now, but but I'm liking these young guys that are taking over, like Dom Davis there in Ottawa. Um, I think he's got a bright He's future. not a young guy either. Dane Devon, been around Dane for a Devon while. In, in Hamilton, I think he's got a bright future too. The more I look into his past, I, I'm, I'm kind of a Dane Evans fan. It's, uh, we've, we're, we're starting to see that now. And, it, you know, that's probably what we were talking about, how it's been a kind of a troubling season in the CFL. Um, and, and we're starting to see these young quarterbacks come along, like Fajardo, and he's not alone. There, there's, there's a few of them. And, uh, the, you know, the future's bright for the CFL with, with young guys like him. And, and to see their, the way they've moved ahead, which I wasn't sure they were, we're going to. Uh, it's very delightful. And I'm very pleased, right across the league. Okay. Uh, there we go. What is going on here? What's the next one? What What's going on with Lewis Ward with his consecutive field goal streak? Um, I didn't actually look at the article here, so can uh, somebody jump up, or am I supposed to do it? Am I supposed to look he signed at a deal with the really? devil. Well, it would look like that because he's like, the, what was the record? Like 28. Now he's at like 70 something. It's just like, really? It's just un- unbelievable what this guy's doing. Is he still on the streak? 67 straight. Like, well, Paul McCallum had this. Well, no, it was that other guy, Calgary guy, right? But he kind of cheated. Renee Paradis. Yeah, Renee Paradis had the record before, but he kind of cheated. Because he, it was a, a, a field goal streak, and he had a field goal blocked. The ball didn't go uh, past the line of scrimmage, so it wasn't considered a kick. Uh, it wasn't cons- so he didn't really miss it. That, the bullshit, he missed it. Okay. So anyhow, the streak before that was uh, was Paul McCallum's, and it really wasn't that that many. It was like twenty or something, twenty eight. Uh, this guy's on sixty seven. Like shit, man. The previous record was 39 held by Paradise. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the streak with Paul McAllen's. Okay. Uh, is is the kid real? What's going on? Yeah, Phil, you signed a deal with the devil. That's That makes sense, eh? Because how else do you do this? That's the only explanation, Christopher. Because I actually make a point of not commenting on kickers because they're not real people to me. So uh, well, I, No, I really they're real don't. people. They're not real football players. They're real yeah. people. Okay? Same thing. Yep. And this guy's a midget too, I think, isn't he? He's like five foot two or something. It's just like really. And this guy used to be working security at the um, uh, Ottawa at the TD um, Stadium there. He yeah. was a security at, guard. But at his height, it's not very scary security. But it, it bites you in the ankles. He's an ankle biter. And at that and at that height, he's probably fat too. 
He doesn't look very fat in the picture that I'm looking at. It's so. hard to tell when he's not wearing it when he's wearing a football uh, uniform because everyone looks big because of the big shoulder pads and everything. He doesn't. He's a kicker. He doesn't really wear pads. He's got them there, but that that yeah no okay I'm not going there. So in his debut. So since he's been in the CFL, okay, he has missed one field goal attempt in his entire career. Okay? And that was he in the Grey Cup. No, 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 no. He he he, oh, he was debuted against Saskatchewan. He was good on three or four attempts missing his final try. So he got the first three, then he missed one, and then he's been on the streak since. Yeah. But he did miss one in the Grey Cup game, but they don't count that because it wasn't a regular season game. Because he was two for three in the Grey Cup. Ah, okay. But that doesn't count on the streak. That doesn't count on the streak, but the streak is only for regular season games. Well, that doesn't... Alleged. That's what they say anyways. I I personally think that's kind of BS because it should still... Those count more because they're even more important than the regular season games are. You're right, Charles. Let's put an asterisk on this streak. I think I so. have no problem with that. Can we put a really big one? Fans in Ottawa might not be impressed with that. Uh, give a shit. Do we care? <laughs> no. I don't think we do. No, no. They're no, in bed. Who cares? They're in bed. <laughs> They've been in bed for a while. Yeah. Yeah, if they can't beat the Calgary Stampeders at home, I don't have a lot of respect for them. No. 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 Exactly. Okay, so... um, We're making friends tonight. Not really. <laughs> You know, and 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 should I should I point something out here? Should shouldn't kickers kickers should never miss, okay? Because they have only one thing to practice, okay? If you practice that and practice that and practice that, it's like a golf swing. You should have it down perfectly. You so cannot predict. Now, who was it that went offside on that field goal kick in the Saskatchewan? Well, that was Willie Jefferson, wasn't it? Where he jumped I over the so. center. You cannot practice a 220-pound line jumping over, hurtling over top of the, your center and coming at you when you're this itty-bitty little kicker. You cannot practice that. Okay, you can't practice that, but... Whenever there's not a 250-pound guy coming over the line, you should hit the freaking field goal every time, okay? Basically, basically, field goal kickers are guys who couldn't make it in, make it to the PGA, okay? <laughs> it's the same thing. The same thing. Sorry, ah. just my opinion. I don't really have an opinion on this because I don't like kickers. We no. You, Will? I would never have guessed that about you. You don't, you don't like kickers. 
I, I, I think it's a wasted Ross. I think it's a wasted roster spot, to be honest with you. I'm Charles, with Will McDonald you know on that did, one. Did Pardon? you know that about Will? What did he hate kickers? Yeah, that's part I of never the reason knew that. I put a, that's part of the reason I put a, a segment about a kicker in because it's fun oh. to listen to Will complain about how much he hates kickers. Well, Charles, you're upsetting me too, because ever since Paul McCallum mentioned earlier in this conversation by someone I'll leave unnamed, I've just had my ire up, my hair standing up in the back of my neck, thinking about the 2004 Western semifinal. It was the Western uh, final, actually. Western final, and there was not enough manure in Saskatchewan, honestly, that day. Oh, are you serious? You would do that to a football player because he missed a kick? I, I, that's that, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I, only I, to a kicker. I, only to a kicker should have gone in jail. No, no. Only no, to no, a no. kicker. No, no you, you should, it you was a terrible thing. It was a terrible thing, but it was a terrible thing for him to miss that kick at that point in time too. Well, shit happens. You lost the game. I loved Big it. deal. Get over it. Bombers just lost a game. That was a big game. Yeah, it was a big game, okay? It was a big game. So was when you guys had couldn't count players on the field in 2009, okay? I'm not ready to talk about that. Okay. Oh, we are. I think we should talk about that right now. That was the best ending of any Grey Cup game in the history of the CFL. In the 109 years of the CFL, that is the most memorable finish it was spectacular. It's, do you know how many times I've watched the final uh, two minutes of, of, of the 2009 Grey Cup game? I, at least a hundred times. It's just, it, 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 it's a classic. Did he hang up? I think he hung up. No. <laughs> you think he hung up? Did he I, hang I up? Go look. No, he couldn't. Are you there? He did. No. He hung up. He hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, I heard the okay, question. He hung up. Just, just, just to add to that, just to add to that, Phil talked about education in Saskatchewan tonight. Do they know the difference between twelve and thirteen? No, they can't get counted. They can't count that high. Oh my epic. God! We lost Phil. Why did we lose Phil? Did we offend Phil? Oh, my God. Christopher, you chased away another Saskatchewan fan. My God. It happens all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my Lord. Man. <laughs> okay. You're such a bad influence. I, I'm a bad influence. It was you that started picking on kickers. And we wonder why we can't keep a Saskatchewan fan on this panel. They're so sensitive. Click. They really are. They're very sensitive. Okay. Uh, that's the, that's our deep dive into uh, <laughs> the Lewis second of field goals. Oh. It's sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Any- Ten years. <laughs> it's, oh. it's, 
Okay. You would think, uh, too, that they'd be over at seeing the fact that they've won Grey Cup since then. They, didn't they win the next year? Or was that Montreal again? No, they won, two, they won um, four years, years later. They won 2013 when the Grey Cup was in Saskatchewan. Yeah, they went right. to the and Grey they, Cup next they, year they, and lost. They cheated yeah. on that game, didn't they? Well, that was the year they had all the, they brought in all the ringers from other teams and they and had they, a they were, lineup. They were over, over they the were cap. Miles so they over were, the cap. They, they kind of cheated, right? And and they, so that's the last two Grey Cups that they've won. They cheated now. So you know, I, I don't know. How can you win? How can you be proud of winning a Grey Cup if you cheated? Okay, I better not do this. Phil's never going to talk yeah. to me again. Okay. Okay. Um, well, okay. Let me add something here. Okay, mm-hmm. come on. Bo Levi has 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 lost three out of five Grey Cups. Do I am I butthurt about that? You guys can raz me about that. I'm not going to hang up on you. Okay, like really, come on. It's okay. It's okay. It's, he's he's a sensitive guy. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna keep with that. Uh, next, CJ, shut up while you're ahead. Red Blacks release linebacker Jeff Knox Jr. Can you believe that? Why would they do such a thing? They're not playing good football. Why are you releasing somebody that's so animated? Is that a good word to use it? I don't know. Charles, go ahead. If I'm being perfectly honest, I would not worry. I would not have a problem seeing him sign here in BC. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they have the cap space, but I still think he can have some effectiveness here. Um, he might be a little bit past his best before date, but I still think, well, considering what we got right now at defense and the trouble that this defense has had with tackling. I would not have an issue with him coming in here. I, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think the Lions have enough cap space left for him. But I wouldn't have a problem. I still think he's a decent. I was surprised to see that they had released him. I know he wasn't have a, having a great season, but who on the Red Blacks is having a great season? So why are you going to take that veteran uh, guy away from your team? I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense, but it is what it is. He's moving on, so... I was surprised, but it is what it is. So, it is what it is. Okay, uh, William, what do you think of Jeff Knox Jr. being released by the Ottawa Red Blacks? Well, he hasn't been that good this year, obviously. No. Um, but neither the entire now, team is kind of sucked. Well, yeah, but I mean, wasn't wasn't he the thirteenth man in two thousand nine? Oh, sorry, I don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, anyways, Jeff Knox Jr., who did that he play for me. last that year? That was just me. I, I know it was. Who did he play for last year? Was he in the CFL last year, or did he get released last year out of the NFL? No, 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 no. He, he played last year. Oh, did he? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's let, let, I let's just, I got a Wikipedia page up here. Uh, last uh, last he was in 2015, 2016. He was in Saskatchewan, 2017. Uh, oh no 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 no. 
Uh, he joined the uh, Toronto Argonauts in 2018 after he was released by thought. the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so he played in I Toronto. Him going out of the NFL. Oh yeah, and he was with okay. Tampa Bay, Washington, Tennessee, and uh, then he jumped back up to the Argos uh, in September. In September, he was uh, with the Argos. So right after, right about maybe, the NFL cut. Maybe he's still suffering from his NFL hangover. You never know because it seems that whatever guys go down to the NFL for a couple of years or whatever and then come back here, they're just not like they used to be. And I don't know what that's all about. Um, hopefully when Alex Singleton comes back to Calgary, he can explain that to us. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's a good linebacker. I'd love to see him in. Uh, I'd love to see him in Calgary too, for that matter. To be honest with You'd you, you'd like to see him in BC, um, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, BC could use him. Absolutely, okay. anything to get BC better. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What are you laughing at now? He's got to stop making these comments, okay? He's got to stop. Um, he just compared us to his ex-wife. I know. Phil's back on the on online here, okay? He's back with us, and I promise I won't mention the 2009 Grey Cup season until at least next week, okay? At least next oh, week. Yeah, sorry about Welcome that, back fellas. to the show, Phil. Sorry about that, fellas. Yeah, sorry about that. I, uh, I, I, uh... I used to hang up on my ex-wife, too, when she brought up every mistake I'd ever made in my life. But it's, you didn't make this mistake. This but wasn't Phil, you were part personal. of the team. It wasn't your mistake. Yeah. It Anyways, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. feels like it. it anyway, Jeff Knox, Jr., excited. You, you, you just made that the that that moment in, in history just got funnier than hell, okay? And I, I'm not going to say anything more than that. And, Jeff and, Knox, Jr., go ahead. Wait, I got to say something. And, Phil, if I hadn't been in your position in 2009, I would have put my foot through the TV. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I oh, don't hey, Will would have done that. In defense of my ex-wife, she actually shut up for a moment when that happened and said, oh, oh she said, oh, Phil, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> What, I have to ask one question about this. Was she an ex-wife at the time, or was she your current wife? Oh no, she was still my current wife. She she's okay. out in St. John's now, back back home in St. John's. I hope uh, I hope that Mark runs into her and kicks her in the ass really hard. But <laughs> you know that. Oh my just... God! Anyway. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? You you married a new? I married a new female. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning all kids. sorts of weird shit about you, okay? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talk about Jeff Knox Jr. Can you do that? I sure can. I sure can. Okay. I, I think he's a real talent. And, uh, you know, there, there's been some issues about, he said, I forget what, the, what you call that again, when you get a, a stomach muscle tear. And he's had some issues with that. And, so we're not sure he's 100% healthy, but if he is, it's interesting he didn't fit into Ottawa, but if he is 100% healthy, I would think he is going to resurface with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
I, I'm, I'm really confident about it, actually. Is there any free agent you yeah. think won't surface with the Riders? Just asking. Uh, say again, Charles? Uh, I'm just bugging you. I just said, is there any free agent you think won't surface with the Riders? Oh. Yeah, you bet. Anybody that anybody the BC Lions cut right now pretty probably well, wouldn't. Okay. Well, you got Manny and, and Solly. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you took oh, Leroy you know and Jason Claremont too, and you pretty much take all the old, 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 old BC Lion guys. This is where BC Lions go to retire is Saskatchewan. Seems like it, you know, and and you know it used to be the other way. Saskatchewan farmers used to move to BC to retire. Yeah, no. Not Before the real yet. estate prices got crazy there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I got to watch so, uh, my time here. Jeff Knox Jr. is a, is a real talent. Uh, I hope he ends up back with the Riders uh, uh, to give some some depth and maybe some break for Solomon Aluminium. That said, Solly has played pretty solid with the Riders, and he's creeping up that all-time tackle uh Number, he is going to be seventh all-time in the CFL, I think, by the end of next week. He's had a great career, no question about it. Yep. First ballot Hall of Famer, as far as I'm concerned. That said, I think Solomon Solomon Aluminium uh, needs to be on a kind of a pitch count. And uh, with a little bit of cap space, we've opened up with the trade of Kalaos, I think it would be prudent for Jeremy O'Day to go after uh, Jeff Knox Jr. right now. Who, who's going to go after Jeff Knox? Uh, uh, the general manager of the writers, Jeremy O'Day, Jeremy former O'Day. all-star center, CFL center. He should be like, you know, he should be a household name at your place, Christopher. Jeremy O'Day? Yeah. No, I don't know. No, it can't be a household name in my house because I am the only person who knows Dick Quat about football. Okay, and and you know, it, we were talking about that tonight. Is uh, they said I can't follow a game that has that uses the word sack, and then they got into this discussion about grabbing guys' balls while they're playing football. So, um, yeah, no, this uh, it did. Christopher, did they mention anything about Vaj? No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't, an- they okay. didn't mention Vaj. They they didn't have what? Milt Stiegel. Uh, uh, no, never mind. What about Gainer? Was Gainer man? No, no. Yes, actually, I did. I was talking today, tonight. Uh, there was some people on Facebook that have completely confused an AK-47 with an AR-15. And I, I said, you know, the AR-15 is a very small caliber weapon. It's like a two-two-three caliber, which is just a little bit bigger than a twenty-two. And I says it's the perfect gopher gun. And anything bigger than a coyote, you need a bigger gun. Okay, so the AR-15 is, is just a little kid's gun. It's for women and small children. And the, this liberal government has just created, made it a restricted weapon for some stupid, ridiculous reason. Okay, and I love my AR-15, and but uh, yeah, it's only for killed gophers. Actually, we're, I'm using it for marmots right now. I'm I'm doing a good job killing marmots. But okay, so yeah, 
That's how Gainer gets uh, t- talked about in our house. Did he hang up again? No. no. <laughs> that's okay. a good – now, that's a great so, mascot for the BC Lions. A marmot what? would a be marmot. a a terrific mascot for the BC Lions. No. Could go head to head with gamers. We don't. We have a lion. We 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 don't. Um, what's the word I'm looking here for? Uh, we don't worship rodents in BC. Okay. No, that's Alberta. Doesn't. No, that's Al- Saskatchewan. Gophers are rodents. Okay, that's a rat. You know, you know the difference breed. between a squirrel and a rat is? The squirrel's got a better a PR department. That's it. Mm. Better PR department. Yeah. They're both rats. I agree. The only and gopher he, I ever really liked was the one that Bill Murray was trying to blow up in Caddyshack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only thing worse than a, than, than a rat is a flying rat, and that's a bat. Okay? So, yeah, no. Sorry, not going there. We don't deal well with rodents. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I was the general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and I was looking for a new mascot, I'd get a costume made out of a giant 13. Oh, Bill, that would go stop over it, huge. okay? Stop it. No, I want to keep Bill on for the rest of the Bill. show, okay? <laughs> Just stop it. Ah, no sense of humor. Peter is not made a fan a of this show. No, probably not. Neither are a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just had to write a little email to my uh, sister. My mom is, uh, she's back in the hospital and she's scheduled for surgery, but it's not going to happen tonight. Uh, it is going to happen tomorrow, hopefully. So uh, that's the end of that. Just thought I'd give you a little heads up there on mom. Mom's, mom's doing well in the hospital. They, they think they found a problem and they're going to fix it. This is a good thing. But it's surgery and she's 89 years old, so there's always a risk at that point in time. So, anyhow, but where she are is we a healthy eighty. But is she a healthy eighty-nine-year-old? Uh, she's feisty as hell, so I wouldn't mess with her. Well, okay. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she I mean. Plays a me- she plays a really mean cri- game of crib. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, I can't beat her. I seriously, I can't beat my mom. I, I've tried for decades, decades. I tried to beat her. I'm lucky if I don't get skunked. I, it's a good game if I don't get skunked. Okay, segment 10. We've got about five minutes left in the show. The Stamps keep finding ways to win, as they always do. Who does not have Calgary Stampeders number one in their power rankings right now? Because they should. This 5-2 and two team is tops in the league. They're playing with their backup quarterback, and they are tearing up the league. And they're playing competitive football, and they're playing good football teams and beating them, okay? It's not like they're playing just beating up on the BC Lions and and Toronto Argonauts or anything like that. They're actually playing good football teams. Uh, So the Stamps keep finding ways to win. Charles, what do you got to say on this subject here? 
Well, I think you've got to give credit credit where credit is due at the top, right at the top of the organization in both um, John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson. They just continue to win no matter what. Uh, it's really impressive. Uh, this is one of these organizations. They're like the uh, Calgary, they're like the New England Patriots of the uh, CFL. Every well, that's year, embarrassing you, we, or insulting. Well, I mean, no, yes and no. They they keep winning too. I mean, uh, you just every year you think they're gonna uh, you think they're gonna have a setback. Every year you think they're gonna fall, and they never do. They just hang on and they continue to go uh, go about their business. So. You got to be impressed with what they've done to this point. Uh, it's still early, but hey, to be after seven weeks, they're still tied for first place without their number one quarterback. You got to be impressed. I am impressed. The Calgary Stampeders win, and they win with uh, respect, and they they win with dignity. And their quarterback, although I cannot stand Bo Levi Mitchell, I don't think he's a quality quarterback in this league. He's never been accused of cheating. That what's his name in in New England? What's his name? The Tom Tom Brady. Tom Brady. How many times Tom has Brady. he been accused? How many times has he been accused of of cheating? I mean, they've got more than I can count. Yeah, yeah. So comparing Calgary Stampeders, which is a class organization, to the New England Patriots, because that both organizations win, is is disgusting. I, I I'm not there. I Green Bay Packers maybe. I. I you could compare them with the Packers, and that's the only other two football teams I know with the NFL. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I know about the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers because they used to play football a lot in the great in the Super Bowls when I was really young, and I watched them then. That was like forty years ago. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, uh, Roger Staubach was the last quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that I remember. Okay. Moving on, Phil. What do you got to say, real quick, on the sta- on what the stamps are doing? Well, it's it's hard to argue with uh, Hoffnagel and Dick- Dickinson and and their success. Um, but uh, to not compare them with Bill Belichick, I, I realize neither one of them is Chris Jones, and that's who we like to compare with Bill Belichick. But I would yeah. I would compare them to Bill Belichick. And by the way, my new rider jersey is going to be Hoffnagel. Number 13? Oh, sorry. No, Hoffnagel, uh, 17, I believe. And uh, when he was with the riders, just just to piss off some of my Calgary friends and so I can go to a uh, a Stampeders game and still kind of be part of the group, you know, with my green jersey and and wearing my my Hoffnagel green jersey because he was one of my favorite, favorite quarterbacks before Austin. Between us, probably my favorite one between Austin and and Lancaster. Well, there you go. William, talk about your Calgary Stampeders real quick because I got to wrap up the show. And I'm sorry, I, I well, left. you know what, you know what, I do like your situation. I've always liked your situation, but I also never forget that once upon a time they hired Matt Dunnigan as their head coach. <laughs> and okay. Marcus Crandall won so, them a Grey Cup. There you go. So so. There's going to be a time when Calgary goes down, and I'm hoping it's not in the near future, but John Huffnagel is going to eventually retire, and then Dave Dickens will probably take over. Who knows? Who knows? It's an organization. Hopefully they stick with an organization. The nice thing I like about their players is after one day, they don't talk about last week's game. 
They're not interested. It's over. It's done. Moving on to the next one. And I think that's part of the winning attitude. I need the show back right now. This has been Let's CFL Podcast, episode number 380. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we have 20 seconds left in the show, so really quickly say goodnight. Charles. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Phil, wrap it up and uh, don't hang up. Sorry. Quick. Say goodnight. William, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Go out. Good night, everybody. Go out.